Hey, Chrissy here. I'm a landscape architect and the owner of Kismet Design. I am a very process-driven designer and I love sharing what I do and how I do it with everyone that's interested. I want to share my love of landscape design with everyone. If there's knowledge or experience or perspective that I can share that would be beneficial to build your skills or your business, let's do it. Reaching your true potential and achieving your own personal goals will not happen by chance. You have to set your intentions, make a plan, and do the work. Let's create something great together. As a designer, two of my most important design tools are the power of listening and interpretation. Design is not just about putting exactly what you ask for on paper. There's some of that, but rather taking what a client says and doesn't say and filtering it and molding it into something much more. When meeting with new clients, I gather cues from the architecture of their home lifestyle, whether they have kids, dogs, busy schedule, if they've got kids that are really into sports that dominate their weekends and take away from their ability to take care of a landscape, all of those things come into play and influence what the design will end up being. Even down to decorating taste and so much more inspiration and information to develop the design. There's a bit of an art to highly effective listening that takes into account nonverbal cues like facial expressions and posture to really get the whole picture. Nonverbal cues can be especially informative when talking about a tricky subject like those difficult neighbors or when spouses don't exactly agree on the vision or an importance of an element. The next critical element is knowing the right questions to ask in what order and allowing for enough time to really get a thorough answer, even if that means revisiting a topic. Once I have asked questions, gathered information, and taken all of that back to the drawing board to develop the design, I can easily transport myself mentally back into that space, back with that client, because I have so intently noticed everything about the meeting and my surroundings. This makes for a more in-depth creative process in developing the concepts. It also makes it easier to remember some of the nuance about a site. Then the next step in communicating is scheduling the next meeting. I like to offer specific dates and times. Usually I'll offer three potential meeting dates. That way I'm offering options while not keeping it too open-ended. This also helps me in setting my schedule and keeping within my process. I can block all three of those times off on my calendar and hear, until I hear back while allowing myself room to schedule other meetings or tasks and not dominating my schedule with tentatives. For those of you that haven't listened to episode one, I suggest you check it out. It's all about process. There is a balance in communicating confidently and directly while remaining accommodating and warm. 
Offering too many options not only can be overwhelming to a client, but it can make you appear either too accommodating or not confident in what you have to offer, especially when it comes to design concepts. Having clearly defined boundaries as well as clearly developed ideas communicates to your client your level of expertise and professionalism. If you don't offer evening or weekend meetings, it's important to communicate that to your clients clearly and not apologize for it. Everyone has their own schedule, their own ideal work time limits, and there are many professions that do not offer appointments outside of the typical Monday through Friday business hours. And if you don't want to, you shouldn't feel the need to have to. Each time I have made exceptions to this, I have left feeling like my family time has been disrespected. And with two young kids at home, my family time is very precious. It's also important to allow yourself enough downtime to re-energize and have personal time to do hobbies and things that you love and spend time with your family. The next step in communicating is the communicating of your creative ideas. An idea really comes to life when put on paper, but having the right words to explain the idea along with the visuals will help ensure your clients see the same picture that you do. When I present concept designs, I try to walk my client through the design as if I were walking through the property, starting from the street, walking up to their front porch, then around the house into the backyard, noticing the elements along the way, and making sure to point out specific design features like materials, screening from neighbors, views from key windows, and vantage points created in the design. Using words that the client originally used to describe what their needs or vision was initially will help tie all of it together and create an emotional understanding of the vision. If you want to take this to the next level and try and really make a very strong connection, when you're meeting with or emailing back and forth with your clients, taking note of the type of language that they use can be really useful. What types of sensory words are they using? Most people fall into one of three categories, visual or verbal, touch or thinkers. Some of this is a left brain, right brain distinction. But when people talk about a space or a memory or a goal, they will use words that indicate their style. This can even be presented in the simple phrases that they use, like, let's touch base on that. That's a key indication that this is someone that thinks in feelings. Knowing this and what to look for in others is helpful, but more than that, it's most helpful in knowing yourself and being self-aware of your personality and communication style and how that affects your interactions with others. Circling back on how I like to present concept designs, I really like to make sure that I'm explaining the intention of the design as I'm walking a client through the space. Every design decision as you're developing a concept has a reason behind it. And some of those reasons 
don't necessarily need to be verbalized, but others can really help a client understand why it developed the way that it did, whether it's putting a key element like a water feature or a piece of art or a specimen tree centered out of a prime focal window, or if certain lines in the patio align with elements of the house or a vision point, making sure that those things are explained properly will also help the client understand how much thought and how much effort you've put into really thinking through all of the details and making sure that the design is just right. At any point during a presentation or a meeting or a phone call or even emails, it's really important to also take note of what type of communicator and what their needs are in terms of your client's expectations and making sure to cater to those. Some clients really like a lot of information and giving them extra explanation is important and that will make them feel like they're being well taken care of and that they're being heard. Other clients really prefer to just have the bare bones and don't really want the extra extra explanation. And when you're meeting with someone in person, you'll see someone like this that really just wants the nuts and bolts, wants to know that you've thought it through, but doesn't want to know all the nitty gritty details. We'll start to kind of glaze over when you start getting too into the weeds. And it's important to notice this and be able to be self-aware enough to reel yourself back if you start going too in-depth with someone that doesn't want that information but knowing when to make that step for someone that really does and allowing them the opportunity to get the information that they want while also being able to ask extra questions and being prepared to answer a lot more questions for someone that really is a, an information seeker is helpful through your process and all of your communications. Even when emailing a client, um, I will kind of cater how much text, how much explanation I put into it based on each individual client, because some want more, some want less. Some would rather a a quick one sentence email to schedule something. Others want to know what the schedule is, what to expect, how much time to allocate towards the meeting, what will be reviewed. And so knowing that about your client will help you be a better communicator and meet their expectations and manage their expectations as well. That leads me to meeting expectations and setting expectations. I think managing a client's expectations can sometimes be the trickiest part. Um, Making sure that you're a clear communicator and don't expect anyone, don't assume that anyone knows what your process is. Don't assume that they know what's included, what's not, where, where the next steps are. When meeting with a client initially over the phone, I will explain the process, explain how that will, how their project will flow through that process. When I meet with them for the initial consultation, I will go through that again. And when I'm presenting the design proposal, I will again review what's included, what the deliverables are, what the next steps in the process are, what the sequence of that is. And then at each 
concept and design review and final design meeting, I will again remind them of what the process is, where they're at in the process and what the next steps are. Because as you develop your process and have all of that clearly defined for you, you're developing and looking at it and working through it every single day, but your client might never have been through a design process before. If they've worked with another design professional, they might have a clearer understanding of what to expect, but everyone's process is a little bit different. So even if they have a clear understanding, it's important to have those reminders and have those check-ins because sometimes clients won't ask the question that they have on their mind of where they're at in the process, especially if they feel like they should know. And sometimes that can lead to some confusion or having them expect a certain element or a certain inclusion in the design process that they might not have included in their proposal or might not be part of that process until later on down the road. So it's important to constantly give reminders. And that way the client knows what to expect, knows where they're at in the process and can clearly understand what what you're working with them on and what they might need to expect to add on later or not be included at the current moment. Once the design is complete and I go into the bidding and installation phase of a project, there's a lot more variables that are out of my control. And so having good relationships with the contractors you work with is really important. And knowing how they prefer to communicate and setting up expectations with them of the things that you need to be notified on so that you can make sure that your client is receiving good, solid communication through the process and being able to schedule meetings for the client and the contractor and yourself to make sure that expectations are met, the client clearly understands the process and even down to making sure that the the client and the contractor know where staging of materials and parking and dealing with HOAs, all of that are things that are much better off being communicated early on and staying on top of. And I feel like the value that I add to the installation process really is hinging on communication. Contractors often are going so fast and have so many things all in process at once that they're not sitting in front of a commute computer to be able to answer a lot of emails or meet with the client to communicate what what the next steps are or answering questions like, is this supposed to look this way? Is this going in the way you expected? All of those things um, are much easier for a designer to handle typically. Um, and I feel like that handholding and that element of always making sure that the client's questions are getting answered and that they have clear expectations of where they're at in the installation process, what's next, how long things should take, and knowing that I'm on site checking in with the contractor, working with them very closely on layout and material selection and making sure that things are looking the way we've discussed through the entire design process, I feel gives my clients a 
greater peace of mind knowing that they can not have to focus on double checking that the contractor's doing things properly or if something needs to change. I've developed that relationship with the contractor to be able to talk with them about what the expectation is if if something's not looking quite right or if we need to make some tweaks or changes or if there's a workmanship issue that needs to be resolved. And a lot of those things can be a little tricky, especially for a designer working with a contractor that she hasn't developed a strong relationship with over time. Um, I've been really blessed with working with great contractors that also value my input in the process. And that helps a lot. And they rely on me just as much as I rely on them. And making sure that any any stage through the installation process where they know that I want to see something, they're going to be on top of it and they're going to schedule with me and let me know, hey, Chrissy, I need you to be out on Wednesday because we're going to be setting rocks and getting form set for the wall rather than just plowing through that and me seeing it after the fact. It's so much nicer to be able to work directly with the with the installer while they're in it instead of having them make changes after the fact, because then that affects their productivity as well, which it happens. And, um, I make a lot of cookies for my contractors, especially when I'm making them make changes on things. But overall, I feel like it gives the client a much better outcome. And a lot of the contractors really see those little changes and those tweaks and that aesthetic oversight really adds a lot of value to the project and it makes the overall outcome so much better. And they're really proud of the work that they do. And having that extra attention to detail makes them more proud knowing how great their work is. And when a client is just speechless and how much they love how everything turned out, that makes everyone feel good. When working with a contractor, it's also important to make sure that they know what your expectations are and what your role is. And it's really important to be very, very sensitive to the fact that they have a job to do and they need to be productive and efficient and keeping that in mind and being available when needed to check in and try and catch things before they become an issue and be there enough that they don't go too far ahead of something and have to backtrack and knowing that if I make a decision on site and then after the fact realize that maybe I, I should have done something a little bit different or it could be better a certain way, um, really being able to make that judgment of, okay, is this tiny little detail that's driving my designer brain crazy enough to change and make the the contractor spend an extra couple hours or couple days redoing something for something that I may be the only one that ever notices. It can be tricky, especially with some of those things that really just drive your designer brain crazy. But knowing that and being sensitive to the fact that your contractor wants things done right, but they also want to make sure that they're efficient and productive. And I find myself going to job sites more often on projects that really have very intricate details and things that I know need to be just a certain way. 
And that way I'm there when I'm needed to make sure that those things happen in sequence and keep thing, keep work flowing productively and efficiently. To wrap up, I want to reiterate the importance of communication through each step in the design process. Communication is the backbone to customer service. Great customer service is what keeps clients coming back and referring their friends and family. I have built my business on referrals. Communication helps you to set and keep your process and your boundaries. And those drive your efficiency and success, which allow you to keep loving what you do and sharing that joy with all of your clients and your colleagues. Now go out there and listen carefully and respond creatively.